The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. In college and high school, there are always the guys who, um, who worked really hard on the bench press and bicep curls, and that was it. Uh, because they were just trying to kind of bulk up and to look big. I never had that problem. I was too skinny. I just, it didn't work for me. But there's always guys who were just trying to get big chests and big biceps. We called them peacocks because it was all for show and, uh, and attention. And the, the problem was when they just spent all their time, they, these are the guys that would like look at themselves in the mirror the whole time in the, in the weight room. The problem was if they, if they just did the bench press and bicep curls and just got really big here, they'd walk around all, all big on the top, but then they had skinny little legs. Maybe you've seen people like just skinny little legs. And now you, maybe you've heard the, the term uh, never skip leg day because um, that's what you'll look like if you skip leg day. And so... Um, you know, that's, that's a, a temptation to, um, to lift weights, to, to look big, to get attention. Um, and maybe it's a, it's a form of vanity that we all wrestle with. Now, I don't want to say that working out is bad, because it's not. You can work out for selfish reasons, certainly, but there's also good reasons to exercise. So to be healthy, you want to be fit so that you have the energy and the strength to do what you want to do, to play a sport or to... I don't know, just to do your work, uh, to feel good uh, and go about your day. Um, personally, I'm just, I'm past the days of working out for vanity. I'm now where, where I just want to be able to keep up with my kids and have the energy to, to chase them, or even, God willing, down the road someday, maybe to throw grandkids around. I want to be able to do that, and so I just want to stay fit enough uh, to be able to do that. And so your health isn't just about you. Uh, your health is also about other people. If you're healthy, then you're good for other people. And that's what I want to get at today, that our, our strength and our growth in faith and in Christ isn't just about us. It's also for others. We've been in a series where we've been looking at the letter to the Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and uh, we've been looking at, the, at it in terms of the lens growing up, where Paul says that we are to grow up in every way into our head, who is Jesus Christ. So what does it look like to grow up in Christ? And today we're looking at growing up for others. So here's the big idea today. The big idea is that your spiritual maturity isn't just about you. It's for others. Your growth in faith, your growth in Christ, it's, it's for the sake of others. Don't grow in spiritual maturity to, to show off or to get attention or to prove yourself before other people or you have to do something spiritually to prove yourself before God or to be respected or admired. Paul is saying that part of growing up in faith is for others that your health, your muscle, your spiritual muscle is for the sake of other people. Strength is not for self, it's for service. 
And Paul gets at this in, in chapter 3, which we heard read. So in verse 10, he talks about the purpose of the church. The church doesn't exist for herself. We don't just exist to play church. We exist for others. If you'd read with me, verse 10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So that is a, it, it introduces a purpose clause. So it's, it, he's saying this is the purpose uh, of the church, so that through the church, the church we, are, we are the means, we're an instrument for God. We're part of his strategic plan that through us, like a conduit, through us, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. So our, our purpose isn't just for kind of self-fulfillment. Our purpose, we're not here just to play church or to follow some sort of uh, tradition because my parents went to church, I'll go to church, and my kids will go to church. We're not here just to get a fuzzy feeling. Paul is giving a purpose for our being as church so that we might be the, the, the wisdom of God might be now, now be made known that we would be for others, that people would look at us and we would point to God. People would look at us and say, wow, if, uh, if God can bring these people together, if God can do something with them, he must be wise. If God can make a church out of these messy people, he must be pretty great. So that in us, even in our weakness, we would make known the manifold wisdom of God and make it known to others even to the extent, and there's this mysterious end of the verse, to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, that even in these otherworldly realms, what God has done for us would be known and would give him glory so that our purpose is beyond us. That's the point. We're here not just for ourselves, but we're here for others. It's, it's bigger than us. S- same sentiment in verse 1 of chapter 3. Uh, which, by the way, Paul is, is St. Paul is noted for run-on sentences, sentences that are like 300 words long. So he would fail high school English class because he just kind of tacks on and builds these clauses after each other. And so it's easy to skip over stuff. Like verse 1, it's easy to see this just as an introduction. If you're reading Ephesians, you'd say, well, this just introduces the next section, and you kind of read through it really fast. But I want you to pay attention to this particular verse, if you'd read with me. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. Paul says he's a prisoner. We've talked about this before. He wrote this letter from prison. He was in jail. And he states this fact, and he's not stating it to get credit, like, hey, look what I'm doing. Um, look, look what I'm suffering for you. I'm, I'm special. He's not saying that. He's, he's listing his imprisonment for a reason, namely that his, his imprisonment is for Jesus on behalf of you. So there's a purpose to his imprisonment. He didn't choose to be incarcerated. That's not what he, he didn't desire that, but it's for you. He's saying to the Ephesians that, that my suffering is for your benefit. I want you to know that my loss is for your gain. We see elsewhere in Scripture and Acts, for instance, that the more that Paul was persecuted, the more the Roman government and the religious leaders tried to put a clamp on him, the more the message actually went out. 
his incarceration served a greater purpose beyond him. It wasn't good for him, but he counts it not as a curse. He counts it as a blessing for others. He says, I'm here, I'm in chains for you on your behalf because this is good for you, because the more I'm in prison, the more the message goes out, the more powerful, the more amplified the gospel is in your life. Paul lives this paradigm of suffering for others. So I'm going to say something that's kind of backwards, and it may take a moment to to sink in. It might be hard to grasp. Here it is. Sometimes your struggle isn't about you. Sometimes your your suffering is for someone else. Maybe you've been through something and in the moment you said, "Oh, why is this happening?" What's going on? Why, why would this happen to me, God? And then later, you look back on it, and you come to realize that the whole ordeal wasn't about you. It was for someone else's blessing. It served a purpose beyond you. Not all the time, but sometimes. Your suffering and your struggle isn't about you It's for someone else. And that's what Paul's paradigm is. His imprisonment for others on behalf of you Gentiles. This was the way of our master, by the way, Jesus. I mean, this is the pattern of the Christian life. We call it the the cruciform life. Um, He suffered for others. Everything about his ministry and his life, his mission, was not for his own benefit, but for others. And Jesus said that a servant is not above his master. So what that means is that if you follow Jesus, you're going to walk a cross-shaped life as well. So just be prepared for that. Uh, There's a a pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor in Germany, uh, under the the Nazi regime. And he was part of a resistance movement to, um, to overthrow Hitler. He worked on an underground plan with others to overthrow Hitler. He stood up for, as a pastor, he stood up for uh, the Jews and other minorities who were imprisoned in concentration camps and killed. And because he did that, he also was put in a concentration camp and also was killed in that camp. He wrote a lot before he died, and one of the things that he wrote, it's one of my favorites, it's just a short sentence but it gets to the, to the motivation behind his willingness to stand for others. Bonhoeffer said, Jesus Christ was a man for others. Jesus is a man, the God-man, for others. His whole ministry, for others, Read all four Gospels, especially his, the Passion narrative, the, the last hours and days of his life. Read every one of them, and you'll see nothing about it was for his own benefit. At every turn, everything he does was for someone else, was for others. The pain 
and the injustice that he suffered, the humiliation and the suffering and the excruciating pain and the, the gruesome nature of the act and the nails and the wood and the spear and the crown of thorns. It wasn't for his own benefit. It was all for others. It had you in mind. Jesus Christ is a man for others. So is the way of our master. So is our way as disciples of his. We are for others. You are for others. Your life is for others. Uh, This year in our church, we've kind of set a theme for the year, like an academic year theme. And the theme is one step, that we would all take one step this year in spiritual maturity, a significant step. And that might look different for every one of us, but we're all committed to say, we're going to take one step this year in spiritual maturity, a significant step. We're going to work together and pray together through that. And as we do that, it's important to know that your growth in faith is not primarily about you. That growing stronger in faith is not, we're not here to skip leg day and just kind of puff ourselves up and pose and posture to gain attention or try to prove something to other people. That's not the purpose of spiritual maturity. Our goal is to grow and to be stronger for Christ and for others that your strength and your growth would be good for someone else. It's not about just a self-improvement plan or self-fulfillment. It's not about God blessing your pursuit of happiness. God God has greater dreams for you than your happiness. He's got a bigger purpose for you than just to be happy and content. His purpose is beyond you for Christ and for others, that you have really important work that God has called you to do in the world. And it glorifies him and it blesses others. You are for others. Your wealth and your work, your time and your energy, your one step, your strength and your maturity, anything that you have, you leverage it. You leverage it all for Christ and for others. This is the backwards way of the cross-shaped life. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But it's the way of our Lord. It's the great commandment to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. So here's the assignment this week, homework. A short question, but it's big enough that you could spend a week praying on it and wrestling with God through it. The short question is this, who are your others? Who are your others? And it might be really obvious. You could look around you and say, I know who God has called me to serve and to love. I know who needs me and my help. But you also might be surprised, and that's why I say it it could take you a good week to just pray every day through this. God, who are my others? And they might be right in front of you. They might be right next to you today. Or it could be somebody off the radar. And God could surprise you with another who you didn't see or realize. 
Who has need of you? Who needs your gifts? And what will you do for them? What will you give? What will you give up for them? And what might you even suffer for someone else? Would you even suffer for another, for one of these others? That's your homework this week. Ask God, Lord, who are my others? I was talking with a pastor friend about a woman in his church, a single mom with three kids. One is 19, and he's struggling with drug addiction. And then an 11 and an 8-year-old who are longing for a father, but they don't have a father. And so she showed up at church on a Wednesday night. They've got some stuff for kids on Wednesday nights. And they walked in, and the kids went ahead of her. And she walked in the door, and everybody in the room had somebody, but there was nobody for her. And it probably wasn't intentional, but she just was kind of invisible to everybody else, and she gravitated then toward the corner and on the sideline. And later, she told her pastor, she said, the church doesn't know what to do with me. Those are painful words. For me to hear, for him, for, for you. It's painful for you to hear somebody say, you don't know what to do with me. How many people are there around us who would say that, who'd say, they don't know what to do with me? How many others are there around us who fit that description? Uh, in the church, just, uh, just a, an admission, I think, that's honest, that we often act, traditionally, I think, the church at large has acted as if the ideal is a happy mom and dad with 2.5 kids in a house. But that's not as much reality. How many are there who would say, you don't know what to do with me? And if you don't fit a certain mold... The church doesn't know what to do with you. Who are those others that we have to have our eyes on? The depressed, those with special needs, a girl who has no family, a young man struggling with his sexual identity, a widow, a single adult, a uh, child with uh, uh, a mix of skin color who says, I'm not quite white, but I'm, I don't know if I'm black either. Whatever situation where people would say, I don't know if I fit, and the church doesn't know what to do with me. Those are the other that we need to keep our eyes on. And those are the people that God will bring into your life when you pray, God, who are my others? Keep an eye out for those who are in the corners, who are at the edge of the room, who are invisible to everybody else. Start watching for them, because those are your other. Those are the ones that, that God is pointing to. And you might say, wait a minute, I'm the other. That's me. They don't know what to do with me. I'm that person. And some of you here today, you are that person. 
And if you are, you need to know that Jesus is a man for others, which includes you. That he came to the corners and to the margins, to the edges for the outcast and the downtrodden. He came for people for whom no one else knew what to do with them. If you think they don't know what to do with you, Jesus knows. He saved you when you didn't even know you needed saving. He claimed you when you were far from him, paid for you with blood, proved it in an act of sacrifice. When you thought nobody else got you or understood you, he came, he went, he grabbed you. Jesus is a man for others, and you are his other. Every one of you, you're his other. He's willing to come for you. So who are your others? Somebody this week needs a phone call, and it might be you. Somebody this week needs somebody to check in on them. Somebody this week needs to be prayed over, and you might be that person that does that. Somebody this week needs a listening ear. Somebody needs this, a presence this week of just somebody that will sit with them. Who are your others? And you might think, God, I, I don't know if, uh, if I have the energy or the time or the capacity to do any more for someone else. You might be here today and you might say, I need more help than I can give. I need to be filled. I need to be somebody's other. If that's you today, here's a challenge. When we feel depleted, those are oftentimes when we kind of look inside. We turn inward and focus on ourselves. I know I can resonate with that, that when I'm exhausted and tired and feel like I don't have anything, it's natural to kind of just pull back and just focus on yourself. Here's the challenge. When you're depleted and you still see another, instead of turning inside towards self, Go outside and do something for the other. Precisely when you have no capacity. Because it's at that moment that God will prove that he is your strength. That by doing that, by doing something when you've got nothing, you trust God will give you something, exactly what you need. That he will fill the need. That when you're running on empty, He'll fuel you up as you go. That he will fill what is lacking in you. To be for the other, precisely when you've got nothing, is an act of faith. To put it in God's hands and say, it's going to have to be you. I'll take a step, but I, I can't go without you. Who are your others? Jesus Christ is a man for others. And he is for you, and you are his other. And so now, your life is for others.
Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day, and remember, you are loved by God deeply through His Son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.